Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast Fall Break as we drag George willfully, uh, willingly, consentingly, uh, as we lead George with his own consent through the history of Crystal Lake. How are you doing, George? I'm all right. He's such a trooper. He is a trooper. He's we a- spread this shit out over like 15 years and he's doing it every week. <laughs> I am. I am a trooper. <laughs> Are you a super trooper? Are you super trooper? Uh, no. <laughs> Meow. I have seen that, though. I have seen super troopers. That you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> haven't haven't seen this movie, but you've seen <sighs> Yeah. <sighs> We're doing, uh, our, doing our job. I'll tell you Dan. what. Super troopers. Better than some of these movies. <gasps> Was that the lady from them. Us? Did she just walk through? <laughs> You're not talking <laughs> Ugh. So tonight, uh, as we've been flexible with the format so far, we continue to be so. We are going to d- be uh, discussing both part seven, the new blood, the new blood, and <laughs> I'm laughing at my own joke. Sorry. And then part eight, the new new blood. Part eight, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Part eight, uh, Jason takes Vancouver. <laughs> nice. So we'll just pretend that these are two separate conversations, but we're having them back to back. So if things get a little slap happy, uh, you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, that's how I feel. All right, George. Yes, sir. Lately, you've been hitting me with your notes right up front just to... Oh, you want to hear my notes, huh? ...batter me about the head with your feelings. All right. Uh, part seven. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes for part seven, but I'll read them. I got a little bit. Interesting way to get Jason out of the lake. I can see a very unique struggle between this Tina girl and Jason. That was, you know, talking about Tina's powers. That's right. a very wait, good way to... Wait, she had powers? <laughs> whatever, her <laughs> telepathic... She was using the force or something, she I don't know. She was using the force. Yes. Um, whoa, mom's hair is rad. <laughs> <laughs> nice mullet. <laughs> is that a mullet? I don't know. I thought she was wearing a motorcycle helmet the whole time. <laughs> it, it looks something. It's definitely. I remember a lot of moms something. with that haircut, though, so it's fine. I'm pretty sure she just stole the Bay of Blood guy's uh, haircut. <laughs> the Spaceballs helmet. Or she she stole David uh, the vampire's hair from uh, from Lost Boys. Joey Gladstone, circa 1994. Joey Gladstone. Shall I continue? Yes. Yeah, go Can't on. wait for this Dr. Clyde guy to get a hatchet in the face. Hmm. The kills look really good so far. Normal Jason affair, etc. Love the gun. The Tina-Jason fight was pretty lit. Absolutely hated the ending. I don't think I like Invulnerable Jason. Invulnerable Jason? Yeah. Okay. And why is that? I don't know. That's just how I was feeling. Hmm. Did you feel that I way in like, part six? Did you look at part six, Invincible Jason, and think, oh, I don't like this guy either? He was... Uh, pretty new at that point um when when did he become invulnerable four right no it was part no. six six part six that's when superhero all, jason began yeah they're all blended together mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so part six was the first invulnerable jason at first i thought it was pretty cool okay. i definitely didn't like the way they you know the way in which they resurrected him in six 
how that like happened. Frankenstein style with yeah. the lightning. I was like, that's okay, whatever. Hold on, hold on, I don't hold know. on, hold on. But hold at on. the time, it was the most feasible way to have reanimated flesh. Are you telling me, George, that you didn't like the universal monsterification of Jason, but when Carrie pulled him out of the water <laughs> with her telekinetic powers, you were like, yeah, all right. No, but, no, I was being sarcastic when I said that that was interesting. Oh, that didn't come through in your reading. We're going to need no. to take two. No, I mean, very like, exciting. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting way to put, you know, to get Jason out of a lake. It's kind of like, you know, in the past I've said, oh, that's an interesting way to continue making money on this franchise. Mm. Like, it was just, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like that. Like, okay. Well, do you notice a trend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind of like what we're talking, what we're going to be talking about is the trend. Yeah, we're we're the money grab. We're definitely grabbing money here. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, uh, Part Seven was okay. It was a pretty regular Jason movie. Did like I said, the kills were rad. The hair was rad. You know, it it was it was pretty good. It didn't have, you know, the worst acting I've ever seen in any Jason movie. It was actually, you know serviceable it was pretty good well i really enjoy again nostalgia travis is going to talk this is one of my favorites because of a lot of the things you're talking about this is my jason basically Uh, i was old enough to really understand what was going on in the 80s well i mean yeah late 80s when i was actually allowed to rent like i remember going in and renting this and jason lives like on the same night I remember doing that, seeing the VHS on the shelf, the artwork on the box was amazing, and bringing it home and just like just seeing his the zombie Jason on the back of the box, I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. And that was the night you became a man, man. (laughs) Jason bones everywhere, just like the just the rib cage and the I don't know the chipped away mask from the propeller blade, and you can see his teeth. And then you know, just the rat, just the whole package. I was I was on board, but the the opening sequence really kind of, to me, was the best beginning of almost all of them. Of part six, no, of seven. Of that, seven. That that uh, that montage of like a recap of all the movies at one time. Okay. Kind of put me in it. Like I was like, okay, yeah, this is they're they're. They're recognizing every movie. They're they're taking everything that's good from every movie, and they're going to put it all in this movie. That's the way I looked at it. Okay. Did you catch the so the, I was hyped. the narrator at the beginning of Part Seven? George is the "You're all doomed" guy. No. Yeah. Was it's it? that guy? Wow. Yeah. I remember the narration being pretty cool, but I didn't I didn't put the the voice to a face. Well, he didn't drag it out as much as he right. would his <laughs> <Right>. own performance. <laughs> But yeah, other than part four that I think does the job a little bit more grittily, the part mm-hmm. seven's beginning is off the chain, as some children might say. Yeah, I was digging it. And I forgot about it, so watching it recently, I was like, yes, that's good stuff. I was really digging the continuity at the beginning. Did you catch that the work gloves from part six that you were so uh, adamant we talked <laughs> about last week uh, were still on his hands when he was first under the lake with little Tina? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see the passage of time and that's the, you know, the continued rotting. And then the emergence of Scoliosis Jason, who has a <laughs> a wicked spine crank in the back. Man, he looks cool, who though. Is, 
who is jacked like two ninety muscle, but all his bones are showing. <laughs> I, you know, the thing is though, they shoot him really well, but I still he's yeah. not very tall. No, he's like what six one. He might even be under six because I remember standing next to him, and I was shocked at how short I, I, he was. So yeah, you're right. He might be like five eleven. He's probably puts in the program at six one, but he's not six one. It's a football thing. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, I lie about the size of my, uh, never mind. I try, <laughs> oh jeez, uh, to any, anyone who will listen, uh, from what I understand. Um, uh, I was also very excited with the uh, the Tina edition. I thought that she was a good change for the franchise. Like it was, it was, it was well, it was well thought out. I thought, but then they kind of could have done more. Like I was trying to think to myself, like why, why didn't they connect her? to Tommy Jarvis or even have Tommy Jarvis be the Tina character where, you know, they should have maybe did a callback to part five where maybe they met. So they knew each other. They were like maybe, you know, in that, in that you know, group therapy where they were realizing that they had these connection, a connection that travels over. I, it would have been cool if Tommy Jarvis was the one that maybe developed a way to help her, but they totally wrote him out. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> having doing something like that would be polishing a turd. If you really wanted to fix the plot of every movie past whatever five, four, I don't know, they all run together. Mm-hmm. Don't zombie Jason. Don't invulnerable Jason. Well, yeah. Go that's... go with go with what happened. I think it was at the end of four, where Tommy Jason <laughs> is a thing. And the spirit of Jason or like the mania of Jason jumps. And so you still have invulnerable Jason, not like it's a Jason that you can't kill because it's almost like, you know, the Matrix where, you know, the the whatever guys can inhabit anybody mm-hmm. on the in the Matrix. So kind I want like character that. continuity and you want like entity Jason to just body jump. Body jump only when, you know, after that body is totally spent. Hey guys, it's Dan again coming to you from post. Can you believe, again, George is just like spitballing the plot of part nine? He's going to love that one so much. Okay, back to the action. Yeah, I don't know. Something something to that effect. I don't like Frankenstein Jason. I don't like, you know, being at the bottom of the lake for however many years and you know, st- still being ripped when you come out. Hmm. Like I, I, I like the the more realistic Jason Killer. Like two right. was amazing, four was great. I don't know. It just took the whole franchise in a direction that I'm kind of just like. So once about. he becomes undead, then it becomes super, supernatural. Then you have to buy into supernatural and all that stuff. Right. So yeah, it makes it less about a maniacal killer and more about the supernatural. So then it becomes more of a monster movie, which is what they wanted to do unfortunately yeah now one thing that george probably isn't as aware of uh because of his his new and burgeoning relationship with popular cinema how about that it's a nice <laughs> way of saying george like ain't it. seen shit yeah <laughs> the thing about better on a t-shirt <laughs> yeah the, the thing about the thing about this movie george is we have crossed from nightmare on elm street is a thing that made money to nightmare on elm street is making more money than us and so there's this pressure in the studio to up the level of competition with 
a killer who murders you in your dreams with your like personality flaws. And so this is actually, this movie could have been Jason uh, versus Freddy at one point, but they could never get the Mm. deal done with new lines. So they went with the next best thing, which was to take the character Carrie from the old Stephen King movie directed by Brian De Palma and just rename her because they couldn't get her either. Mm. And then put her in as Tina. Why they didn't just do like Eddie Mruger instead of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever understand because, you know, if, versus Mason. If that's, Voorhees. yeah, if that's what the market wanted, why didn't they just do some kind of dream demonic killer guy to compete with? Uh, I mean, what, what, what? If you're going to go down the road of copying a character like note for note, and then just renaming them. Why don't you do it with your actual competition instead of a, at this point, already ten-year-old movie? Well, I think at this this time they did less of a an homage to Carrie and more of just the total theft of Carrie. Like they were probably counting on the fact that most people wouldn't make the connection, and they just kind of lifted the idea of the Carrie character and didn't like you're saying, yeah make up a Freddy type character where he fights them supernaturally. But Freddy was so popular that that would have been so blatant. So to take an older character with powers that would match up well, most people wouldn't even make the carry connection. Like I think I watched it maybe four times before I ever even thought of the parallel. No, George, do you know Carrie? Carrie? Are you familiar with Carrie? No. Did you know there was a movie called Carrie? Nope. Okay. Mm. All right. We'll note that for... I'm assuming that Carrie can move things with her mind, though. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So anyway, I guess that that was definitely a loss on George. I always (laughs) made the connection, even as a kid. I don't know. Maybe I'd seen Carrie early enough or... I don't know. But that's interesting yeah, it that might... it wasn't something that you even, Travis, connected because you, you were into these movies at, like, at yeah, the time. Yeah, but I think Carrie was that kind of movie where it came out in like the 70s and it was not my bag. So I really I knew of it and I knew I knew the plot and everything. But when by the time I saw this was, what, 87. So we're talking, you know, 15, almost 15 years. And I just... It, the one wasn't in my head to even think of it. Like I was just, I just thought this girl has powers and it was, you know, kind of a supernatural way to battle a supernatural character. I never even put the two, two together until recently. So that's actually good on them. I guess they hit it enough for someone that knows the genre well enough to where I didn't even make that connection. I mean, who would ever have expected the Friday the 13th franchise to steal from a 10 year old movie? Right. <coughs> <laughs> well, it's not a giallo. So. Well, I mean, Brian De Palma, uh, the American Argento. So there's a connection yeah. there. That's funny. That's true. Interesting. Plus, They're shameless. Stephen King in the <laughs> '80s is just omnipresent. You got Carpenter yes. doing Christine. You got Stand by Me. You got a million stinking Stephen King. No, you're movies. right. I mean, like, he was very popular. His stories of, I mean, Cujo, all that stuff was very mainstream in the '80s. Uh, but Carrie was one of the first ones and it was kind of about a girl. So it really wasn't up my alley. It wasn't right. Cause you were into men. Well, no, it was just not to me. It was, it was not a, it was not a horror movie that I was watching. Yeah, I was I watching mean, more. Any like, movie that starts off with that much female nudity, I wouldn't expect Travis to be into. 
I was two <laughs> <laughs> when it came out. No, I, was that like seventy two that came out? Uh, I want to say seventy six, something 76? like that. Seventy six. Okay, so I was one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so and it was sissy space. He's like, no, no, it's not because I like men. It's because it was sissy space. Listen, my first word was <laughs> boobies. Okay. <laughs> you can ask my dad. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. That's a, that's a. I was basically the kid from Look Who's Talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mmm, lunch. Yeah. I think we now call him uh, Crotch Travis. Crotch Travis, yeah. It's now a 25-inch blade. So, you know, the uh, scene at the beginning where she's trying to move that matchbook, the actual execution of that visual effect looks so much like it fell out of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like, mm. it's just like, uh, you know, it's the same production quality, it's the same era, obviously, same techniques, mm-hmm. but then they also hit it with like, a very Freddy musical note. Like the, the okay. score at that point is just twinkle, twinkle sound, twinkle sound. It's nothing like the carry score. I went back just double check. Carry score is very right. much violins, just like uh, anything after Psycho. No, that's Nightmare on Elm Street style music over a Nightmare on Elm Street effect. But instead of putting Freddy or Eddie in the movie, we got Carrie Tina. Carrie. Now, uh, time period wise, was this. I guess around Nightmare Three, right? So that was like the peak. Yeah, we've got of, peak of Freddy going on right now. Yeah, I did hear. Uh, go back and listen to it because I didn't mark exactly where it happened. There is an underlying Shining music in there. That dun 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 dun. dun oh, dun, that's interesting. Dun. It's it's in there. I think when he's he's stalking someone in the in the woods. I don't know if it's the around the first or second kill. Before but all the Manfredini like familiar stuff kicks in later in yeah. the movie, because it does take it's, him till about uh, two thirds of the way through the movie before you start hearing stuff that really sounds like Jason music. Mm-hmm. And it even gets to the part of the song where it goes, dun 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 dun. dun. It's like that that whole beginning of of The Shining is in that movie. I was like, I wonder why they would pick that song. Stephen King, man, they stole it. Stephen, yeah, Stephen King. stinking King. <laughs> Good stuff. So, what are your what are your so takes? I ha- so I have to see uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and The Shining, The Shining, and, and Carrie. Carrie, yeah, and Carrie, and Christine. What the hell? While we're doing and Christine it. and Cujo, what the heck? Pet Cemetery. Oh, so many. We could do a season on Stephen King movies. Oh, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are good though. You know what my favorite part of this entire movie is? What's that? It's when the handsome main guy whatever his name is uh nick when right at the beginning of the movie nick goes great asshole great asshole (laughs) (laughs) because the line is great asshole but instead the the line read is great asshole (laughs) which is punctuation punctuation matters punctuation is important but they they rip that off in the game which we're getting closer to the game, guys, <laughs> where uh, some of the female characters will say something like, how do you like that asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. That is good. So, again, my favorite part would have to be Jason. This is my favorite Jason. Yeah. I can hands, see that. Hands down. I mean, the, Jason looked good. The kills looked good. Like, I really like the gore. Uh, in this one, yeah, they did a good job. Fucking Kane Hodder. What are, what are they calling him? The, the 
angry Jason. <laughs> like I was just watching, I'm like, this, 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 he's he has anger management problems. Like he's he's almost like a two year old ten- temper tantrum walking around in the body of a of a mm-hmm. nine foot robot. He's going for like primal, I think, like an angry predator. But because right. of his lack of facial expression, it does sometimes just come off as yeah, like. I just got cut off in traffic, and now you have the nerve to walk on my land. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's his movements. Like, it's it's just he's just an asshole in a mask, and he's just like everything is exaggerated. And like you said, because he doesn't have a facial expression, so he's got to do everything. He's got to play to the guy in the back of the room. <laughs> you know, that whole theater theater <laughs> role. And uh, yeah, he's he's doing it up. One thing about his performance in this movie, though, and it's, I think it's not going to happen again that I can remember, but there's a point where you can tell he's trying to feel out, am I quick and nimble or am I slow and lumbering? And so you'll mm. get in the same scene a quick, like, juke where he's, like, you know, dodging to block somebody and then, like, mm-hmm. a slow lunge as they get away. <laughs> and it's like, okay, <laughs> can we just pick one? Like, are you fast or are you slow? I don't care. Just stick with it. And then he'll jump probably direction. Jump through a damn window and you're like, "Oh, cool. He he walked really slow and then jumped hysterically, uh, you know, athletically through a window. Right. And now we're back to slow and lumbering again." Like, uh, "What?" Huh? Yeah, I love it all. I don't care. He can lumber all he wants. <laughs> My ears and, and jump through windows. And he jump doesn't through care. Windows. Actually, that was a good way to incorporate the through the window. This time it was Jason. Well, was he him. does put a girl through a window too, doesn't he? Uh, I don't the one, the one, the one girl that can't remember her name, but the names don't matter. He either. throws her out of the second floor. Oh yeah, yeah. so someone does go through. Yeah, but this up. was usually the like the Jason thing is into the window from right. outside, and this time instead of a body, it was Jason. It would have been funny if he threw her from the f- ground through the second floor window. <laughs> <laughs> just watch it and rewind. That would have been epic. <laughs> just, just rewind it and. You'd forces her up into the window. Yeah, there's a lot of good kills in this movie, I do have to say. God, the, you guys probably didn't have this issue, but when that guy Dan showed up in the movie, my ears perked up. I was like, hey, it's it's a me, finally. And <laughs> and he was dressed like MacGruber. <laughs> and his whole like story arc is that his wife won't, or his girl, I don't know, his lady friend won't put out until he goes and does like chores. <sighs> that sounds about right. That hurt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that hurt a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, it all—it was almost like a, you know, like a Greek literature reference with the sex strike, right? We can pretend it's some kind of intellectual exercise when really it just hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get Dan, Dan the uh, face. generic Crispin Glover, Eddie, the stoner guy who keeps rambling about sci-fi to anyone who will listen. Yeah, he's the writer, right? And I was just like, oh, geez, it's the dad from Back to the Future, but also he sounds like me talking about Jalo. <laughs> <laughs> so again, kind of true. this movie kind of hurt me, guys. Oh, show us where the movie touched you. It was <sighs> it was right there on the Jalo. <laughs> on the Jalo. Uh, that's Jesus. funny. I feel bad for you. You you get a heart emoji. You get a care, care heart. <laughs> you get a care, care heart, heart emoji. <laughs> Um, I I have to give Hodder some some props because he is a stuntman. So 
but he did every single stunt in that movie. Like, dude got lit on fire for a long time. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he almost died twice in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, kudos to you. I, I, And when you see, if you ever see this guy in person, he literally has burns all over his body. Yeah. Like, his skin looks like, uh, you know, somebody covered him in Elmer's glue and then just started rolling it up. Like, it's it's a shame. Like, he's probably been burned, like, 30 times. So he's like, yeah, I'll do that. From various movies? Yeah. Like, uh, you just look at him and you just see he's like a roadmap of, of terror. Well, he had but, one real bad one early in his career that he talks about a lot. Uh, mm. And I think ever since then, from what I can tell, it's almost like he feels like he can beat it, you know? So mm-hmm. he does more dangerous burns than you're going to see most actors do. And I think it's, you know, this kind of like race to the end between him and fire. It's kind of, I mean, it's probably not healthy, but it makes for some compelling cinema. Well, that, they they dropped that roof on his head. Yeah, that's like, crazy. That could have that killed him. Uh, the... The, the, when he fell through the steps, they pre-cut the steps, but his head was like two inches from one of the steps that was not cut. Ooh. So falling back, he would have, I don't know if that would have killed him, but that would have been, I mean, he's at least 240 pounds. That would have not been good. But, I mean, he hung, they hung him from the ceiling, they lit him on fire, They, I mean, all that stuff. I, to me, it, he's he did a lot more for that character than a lot of the other guys. He might not be the best Jason, but I think he was the most enthusiastic to play him. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, I can see that. Well, by part seven, like he, he's like such an icon amongst the movie going public that now it's, it's not, I'm going to be in a mask and I'm going to do a day's work. Now it's, I'm going to be the star of this movie. Right. That's really the first time, maybe part six, but really this is the first time it's really like credited up front. Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees. Right. I mean, CJ did a good job in sex. He really did. And he was a, another enthusiastic stuntman that was like, you know what, I'm going to make this. The guys in the earlier movies are like, oh, I just showed up and did what I had to do, and I wouldn't eat with anybody, and then I left. But these guys kind of took it to the next level. Made sure no chicks got frozen in the lake when <laughs> I went home. <laughs> but Kane, I mean, he's got the word kill tattooed on, inside his mouth. Like, he's... He's ridiculous. Whoa. He's but also he in a lot of Steven Seagal movies. If you keep your eye on mm. the background, every now and Kane Hodder will show up and then be gone. And it's like, oh, that was, oh, he's gone. Okay. He also has a cameo in part eight, which is pretty sweet. You mean part nine? Or nine. No. Oh, yeah, part nine. Yes. That's when he's, yes. We'll talk talk about that later we're not even talking about part eight george hasn't seen part eight as far as i'm concerned not for another 25 (laughs) minutes until i get to the point that i feel like we're done talking about this movie jeez hey guys uh real quick before we go any further the uh columbian express is pulling out so if anybody wants Mm. to get on it i think it's leaving your area right now Colombian gold, man. Colombian gold. Man. I was happy to hear that callback. I don't know if calling the same drug the same country's name is a really nice callback, but it was kind of a callback to the first one, I guess. Kind of. I don't know. This movie paid homage to a lot of earlier moments, but I thought it did so relatively effectively. Sometimes we'll see in maybe in another movie we discuss soon, uh, ham-fisted attempts to relive the glory days of earlier movies but I thought mm, this one mm. did a pretty good job of like reframing things we'd seen before in new and kind of fun ways. Including 
No character development. <laughs> well, yeah. That's a staple. Yeah, like this this movie, I was thinking, this movie moves way too fast. Like, how quickly did Tina fall in love with, with uh, what's his name? Oh, you thought this movie? <laughs> I mean, Sorry, it, we're not talking about it yet. No, but I mean, <laughs> it, it gets worse as we go along. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, sure they, does. all of a sudden, they're like, all right, we're just going to line these lambs up. But, like, they had a chance to really develop some of these characters into something special and they just like nah we're gonna spend five minutes here and then all that stuff i mean in in my opinion character development like any kind of consistency just forget about it like i don't want to it's a it's a it makes it a lot better you'll understand what i'm talking about when we get to movies like scream and whatever where you're like okay this is what everybody's been bitching about yeah. So yeah. Yeah. What, you, you. That's when it goes from a C movie to an A movie. Seven. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, they could God. have been easily B movies. They're horror movies, but right. they spent the time to develop these characters to the point where now they're Oscar award winning movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Same kind of movie. Yes, I hear you. But yes, I hear you. This franchise is already established that they don't give a crap about consistency or. You know, it, quali- no, I, quality I acting. I hear you. But uh, like, this movie was supposed to be the, it says, the new blood, but this was supposed to be their attempt at trying something new and innovative to where to, to kickstart a dying franchise. So they created a pretty good story. No, yeah, that, it was pretty good. And they just didn't bother developing it. Yeah. To the point where you would say, you know what, out of the series, part seven... Pretty fucking solid movie. You know, instead they're yeah. like, let's just make part three again with more f- more money in the effects. So it was like, it's just missed opportunity. The thing so. about part seven that I don't think we've seen yet, we've reached the point where they've got enough movies under their belt and enough character archetypes that they basically just like reintroduce characters we've already seen mm-hmm. and assume that you fill in the gaps in the background. You know, there are really hardly any new characters in this movie. It's like, okay, Tina, now she's here at this house. Oh, good. Now she becomes the girl from part four, the older sister of Tommy. Oh, hey, you got a handsome guy. He's handsome. He'll be handsome. Don't worry. You know, you got the blonde girl. (laughs) She's mean. You got the other one. She's an ugly duckling. You know, they're just like, oh, you've seen this before in our previous movies. Now they're all in one little scenario. Hmm. Choppy chop, stabby stab. But see, they spent time trying to develop the ugly duckling when they could have spent that five to eight minutes creating Tina into something like I, I rewatched Terminator 2 recently I agree and I agree and I'm not expecting I just, okay. I just I, I, at the time I was yeah I got you yeah it's just been established for me that like that kind of stuff is just gonna be there right some things are gonna like pop up and you know, you're gonna like you're gonna think, oh, that might be significant later, and then, and then it's, it's not. not right. It, it's laziness for no reason. Right. It's kind of like you know, it, I forget who said it or whatever. You might have told me about it. You know, don't have when you have when you're writing a play, don't have this certain item on the table. You know, in the first act, unless it's going to be used right. by the third. Like they say in, on stage, don't move when you're not doing anything because people are going to watch you to see if you're going to do something. Right. Right. That those kinds of rules they don't apply here. Like this is a Jason movie. True. I feel I honestly feel like I have to lower my IQ to watch this movie. <laughs> I have to. 
I have to say, I just have to watch it and go, like, kind of like almost like I'm watching like Big Bang Theory or something, like where you, they tell you when to laugh. Like it, you know, you just like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this. It's gonna go in my eyes. It's gonna go in my brain. That seems weird. Stop thinking. That seems weird too. Just, just stop thinking. Oh, killy kill, stabby stab. That's cool. You know. Did you glad just? I didn't think for the past ten just, minutes. He just did your your phrase. Did you just bazinga the Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> movies? <laughs> Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my notes. He did. He dropped them all. Uh, so, George, who would you say the main killer is of this movie? Of the franchise, the director of this movie. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. The director. Okay. That, Dan? that hurt. What was, the, what was the question? That hurts me. John Carl <laughs> Beekler is a, a heck of a stand-up like guy. He's a hero yeah. to our franchise. No, I, I, was, I was kidding. What was the question? Who do you think is the main killer of this movie? It's Jason, obviously. Hmm. See, I... Do you mean, like, killer, like... It's kind of rhetorical. ...person that made it bad? Yeah. The MPAA basically yeah, killed this oh, movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, for They sure. completely butchered the hell out of this movie. Well, they butchered the hell out of every, every one of them. Yeah, but, but this, like, they took so many good things out of this movie that would have made it a lot better, and it's just... And this one's a good one. Like, Seven is, it's a decent, it's yeah, a this decent is, Jason this movie. Yeah, this is a, you could watch this multiple times. Yeah, this isn't a yeah. bad one. Do you guys still have the disc in? Yes. Yeah. Hop over to the special features real quick. All right, George, watch the slash scenes in the special features, and then we'll come right back and talk about it. So you've seen the kills, George. You've seen them expanded. Mm-hmm. You've seen the shoddy video quality uh, from the set dailies because they've destroyed the 35 millimeter negatives, supposedly, so we'll never get those enhanced mm. in any way, which is a shame. Someone has them in their basement. I hope so, but... <laughs> you know, the thing about this movie that really irks a lot of hardcore fans, obviously they knew not all of that was going to make it into the movie but nobody had the foresight to think maybe we could just do a director's cut on home video at some point. Mm. An idea that is going to hit hard with part nine. They're going to learn their lesson from part seven, but too late. And part nine, you're going to get the theatrical release and then the expanded super gory for home video release. Right. Right. Part eight in the middle is going to suffer because they haven't yet figured out the solution to the part seven problem. So instead of having a bunch of gore cut, they're just not going to shoot any gore, which is a shame. Mm. And they didn't have the foresight to think, okay, we can use this later. Right. Because kind of like when we destroyed all of our toys and now we find out they're worth hundreds of dollars. Right. We gave away all our <laughs> bat bands and we could have yeah. eBayed them and paid up, paid yep. off the house. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah. They're not thinking, you know, uh Blu-ray, release now everything is a director's cut (laughs) yeah i mean now it seems like every movie that you like i don't know of a dvd that isn't a director's cut yeah you would think they would have learned from king kong like it goes as far back as like 33 yeah that's why i'm surprised yeah director's cut wasn't around like there was a lot of things they took out of king kong because they were they were uh considered obscene and a a bunch of cans were surfaced somewhere. Like somebody saved the 35 millimeter and they were able to restore it. But that shit just ended up in the trash. Someone had the 
you know, the wherewithal to say, you know what, I'm going to keep this somewhere. But right. I mean, that's all deleted scenes that back in the day it just ended up on the floor and then somebody swept it into a can. Yeah, now nowadays it's like no brainer, keep everything. Absolutely, especially know? with the Blu-rays. Well, and it's so different now shooting so much of this on digital. Because you get mm. spoiled by the unlimited storage capacity, whereas 35 millimeter was expensive enough that if you wasted it and didn't get it into the movie that made you money, it was considered just lost revenue. You know, it was just an expense mm. you didn't need to do. So for part seven, they have all these great kills, and the studio is seeing it as you wasted our money on all this film you didn't use, and the effects, and the cost of the practical, and the cost of the stuntmen, and you know. All these costs add up to just a total loss, whereas now we would see it as, well, we knew we couldn't get that through the theater, but now our VOD and Blu-ray sales are higher. Right. So a lot has changed since 1987. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if you just look at the quality of what we have left, it's just like the VHS quality, you know, untouched, no lighting adjustment, no color timing dailies. Ooh. But at least we have those to see Ben get his head squished (laughs) down to the size of old walnuts. You know, Ben is funny because he's, I think, the first male victim of an abusive relationship I've seen in a slasher movie to this point. Hmm. And really, they're the most most abusive couple I've seen, I think, in any of the Jason movies to this point. Like, you really don't have intra-couple strife until you get those two and she's just so mean to him. Yikes, Ben. It's almost like he paid Jason to, you know, make her eat that that noisemaker. Did you notice the the honk? She got it in the eye. George, did (laughs) you notice the honk effect that they put in there when she gets hit? There's a real subtle like, her, Uh, when she gets hit. (laughs) It's so silly. It sounds like someone sat on Kermit the Frog. No, I didn't know. Go that. back and watch that's that fun. when we're done. That's, that's funny. It's though. really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't really. I mean, there you go. There's your uh, uh, character development. It's just for no mm, reason she's yes. mean to him, and she's mean to him so much. I want to see that movie. Like, what what was going on with them an hour prior? And her outfit does not seem like a, an outfit a person would wear, unless she was in a stage production of Oklahoma. I don't know why she would be wearing that outfit. So we have that. We have Annie Oakley uh, type character. And uh, who's the other one you just said? Uh, MacGruber. Oh, MacGruber. At least he's in the woods. <laughs> like, right. Maybe MacGruber looked at him and was like, you know who's cool? Dan from Friday the 13th Part 7. <laughs> You're right, Will Forte. He is cool. Sort of. <laughs> Poor man's Will Forte. <laughs> Hello, Will Forte. <laughs> uh, so underappreciated. Now, as as they proceed through what, uh, I don't want to say it's a thin plot, but what little bits of narrative they've actually thrown into this movie, you do get an excellent callback to the best character in Friday the 13th Part 3, uh, The Barn at Higginshaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool to see Jason back in a barn and, you know, there's some good cat and mouse uh, action in there before a, a real abrupt ending. But I like Barnes in Jason movies. This is a good one. Hmm. And it kind of paid homage to the fog, the way his arms came through the 
the walls that take her. You're oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. No, I didn't think about that. That's Where a good point. she was kind of standing there and, and the two arms come through. And it reminded me a little bit of the Kevin Bacon kill as well. You know, it's funny. It's a, that's not the only John Carpenter reference in this movie. Because they rip off the entire, go get me a beer. Right. <laughs> down to the butcher knife. The dude gets stabbed with a butcher knife. You got your Michael in my Jason movie. I'm fine with it, though, because that's the difference between that and, say, all of Friday the 13th Part 1 and 2 is that everybody knows Halloween, and so we're in on the joke. It's just a different thing when you're referencing a very commonly known to your audience scene. Probably half the people in 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 the theater went, go get me a beer. And the other half were like, what? No. I'll be right back. The movie's on. (laughs) That's funny. See anything you like, Travis? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Help me with this couch. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to go put a sheet on. There's no room for that couch in the van because as soon as one couple finishes banging and leaves, another couple gets in the van and bangs. (laughs) The van is is a special place for They've teenagers. They've got a giant yeah. house full of bedrooms, and they're all <laughs> banging in a van. The same van. What Down the by hell? The river. <laughs> I don't understand. Was that a thing in 1987? Uh, listeners, I don't know. I need to know. If you had a house <laughs> full of bedrooms, would you rotate who got to bang in the van? Was that like a thing? Please write us. And let us I know. I know the Econo vans were really big back then, the like camper vans with the carpets. But would you prefer that so to possible. a furnished bedroom? I don't know. I don't know. That seems weird. I wasn't getting much action in 87. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Right. I was still playing head games. Leave the crickets to develop on that one for a minute. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, u- I'm used to it. That's why I got married young. <laughs> so... I have a real concern. I don't know if you notice this, George, but I'm Travis. Travis, I'm sure you notice this. Jason jumps through the window. We talked about that earlier. Doesn't make any sense, but it's cool looking. Mm-hmm. But then he laughs. Did you guys catch the Jason laugh? No. He comes through the window and there's this like, wah, 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 wah. Like, what the hell? Oh, in the kitchen? He jumps. It's when he jumps through the window into the living yeah. room. He's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like what? I th- I think that was just the uh, the the. I think they took the, ch- ch- ah, 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 and it was kind of like on a on a. I don't know. They synthesized it. So are you saying that that oh. was a, uh, super diegetic sound, not diegetic sound? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a laugh. That would be pretty funny. It, it go back and watch it. It's a Jason. <laughs> Sounds laugh. like it. I hate it. I hate it I'm so al- much. I'm already going. He's I'm coming already to it right going now. there. It's is it the scene where she telepathically puts the tables in front of the door? I think it's a little bit before that. It's right as she realizes that he's Jason, which I still don't understand how she figures out that he's Jason because never once do we establish that she has the ability to read thoughts with these telekinetic right. telepathic powers. I mean, if she she's telekinetic, obviously. I mean, obviously, yeah, because she's moving stuff with her brains, but. Never once does it establish that she could read thoughts because if she could, she wouldn't keep falling for the doctor's BS, right? Like this whole movie right, wouldn't right, take right. place. So how does she just go, oh, it's Jason. Like, what? 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 
I, I tripped up on that. I didn't know what to think. All right, so she's electrocuting him with her mind. It's right uh, here. Uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, right yeah, before yeah. here. Which is a really cool image of him. That whole scene the, outside, the, he, yeah, great. In the, the pond or the uh, puddle? Yeah, the, the, the puddle infamous scene. infamous Crystal Lake puddle? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a callback to part two. We got our puddle back. Yeah. A reference puddle. Well, don't they reference that? When when do they have the... Is it the beginning of this movie where the wallet is floating in right, the puddle? Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's part six. And for anybody that wants to follow along at home, this scene took place at about the one hour, 14 minute, and about 15 second mark. Just a little bit after that. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a Jason laugh. I don't like it. Yeah, Take it back. I love the light. The lighting in this scene is amazing. It reminds me of my favorite part of uh, Nightmare Part 2, which we'll cover when we watch that at one point. The backyard pool party. <laughs> I love that scene. That's a good movie. Yeah, the the lighting in this movie is consistently good, and I like their version of Friday Part 3's everybody gets a color and you have to stick to it so you can keep track of the characters thing. Like, they mm, execute... Mm. It's the same plan. They just execute it in a less haphazard way, except, of course, Annie Oakley. Never did understand that <laughs> outfit. It's like the Marty McFly outfit when he goes in the Western. But I think the difference is simply <laughs> color timing. Like, when they go to post-produce the movie, they had to amp up the colors to make the 3D work, but since they're not bothering mm. with that... They can leave them in a more naturalistic way. So everybody's got their color, but it's not like bleeding into your eyeballs off your TV screen like it was in part three. Not a fan of Jason's laugh, though. What the heck, guys? <laughs> but <laughs> I never thought of it as that. I always thought it was just like a drawn out version of the. Oh, 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 oh. But then he kills that Melissa girl in maybe the best scene in a Jason movie since part four. Like. The kinetic energy of that scene as he busts through and does all this stuff. Her attitude being so flippant right to the end and then him just like haphazardly (laughs) throwing her body into the... I mean, it's just like... He one-arms her about 12 feet. It's (laughs) really good. It was a really satisfying kill. (laughs) Yeah, it's like when when What's-His-Name is killed in Texas Chainsaw. It's like, yes. Yes. Just kill him, please. Tired of it. Now, do you mean the guy in the wheelchair that pees on himself? Yeah. yeah See, now yeah. I would compare that kill and you guys' criticism of it last, last time. Maybe it was in the part two episode. You guys criticized the chainsaw kill in the wheelchair because you couldn't see it very well. Mm. I would compare that kill to the death of the doctor in this one. Yeah. Where it's like you really wanted to see it and they just couldn't give it to you for whatever reason. Why? Why couldn't they give Dr. Cruz the hatchet to the head kill? That would have been sweet. I think people would have been more satisfied with that. Why does Jason go through like 10 minutes of this movie playing show and tell with garden implements? (laughs) I don't think he does. It's like, look what I found. Look what I found. Look what I found. Stab. Look what I found. Look what I found. Look what I found. (laughs) The road spike on the the wall. No, it's like he, he shows up, kills the mom with some weird like, machete knife on the end of a pole like i don't know what that right. is yeah it's it's for like trimming branches <laughs> like he it's spent like a, a day at home depot and he's like i'm gonna do some killing today right, he got a gift card for his birthday <laughs> and he has all these fun new tools because they're all brand new looking and then the idea that he could manage to even start the rotating like circular saw attached to a weed eater thing that was bizarre too i mean maybe they just were had like a tree trimming business on the side and so they had all these kind of you know 
Is that all stuff he maybe found in the barn? I don't after know. After he killed the ugly duckling? It's just so weird that he keeps popping up with new stuff. I like how he keeps stuff. going back to the barn, though, to yeah. get different implements it's, it's and like, structure. It's like a video game where he's got like a cache of weapons, and he just kind of goes and yeah. checks the trunk. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was hilarious to see the doctor use the mom as a human shield. That's yeah, a really good yeah. character moment. Such a dick. Like, it just... It, it cements him as exactly what we thought he was. But I also thought it was a missed opportunity because you could have done a standing version of the Bay of Blood, right? So you get the mom mm. and then you just keep going and get him too and have a standing shish kebab. Yes. That would have been amazing. And he probably could have picked both of them up. You know, it would have looked cool if he kind of put it through both of them and then picked them both up off their feet. I would I wouldn't have been against that. I mean, then he could all. just like take a baseball stance and like swing, and they awesome. could fly off and <laughs> swing. The crowd roars from the distance. You're like, where'd that crowd come from? I don't know, but this movie's cool. So, <sighs> and there's cardboard cutouts of everybody sitting there because no one can go and watch in person. <laughs> <laughs> Our 2020 remake is not going to be very fun. <laughs> it's going to suck. Jason will be mopey because there's nobody to kill because no one can go camping. What did you think of the the final fight there, George? I know in your notes you said it was, what, dope or fly or some term for younger people. but Yeah, I said it was lit. Lit. It was lit. I mean, I it was it. literally it was lit fire. at times. There was fire involved in that <laughs> fight. And it was dragged out. Like that's Yeah, it, it paid off pretty good. Yeah. I, I liked it. It's it that's one of my one of my things I really can't stand is when you know, a real like a major character goes out like a wimp and you know, it it doesn't get drawn out. And this this girl was different, you know, she's not just a a, a limping, you know, running, Damsel. screaming girl. Like she actually gives Jason what for, like yep. and wins. Really. I mean the very end is what I had a problem with, mm-hmm. which we need to talk about because I have no idea. Like why they chose that? How this? How the very very end of this is even acceptable in any way? But no. But as no far sense. as as far as the girl Tina um, fighting Jason with her mind, that was beautiful. I really liked it. You know what my favorite part of the whole fight is? And there's a lot of good parts, right? The the Reference puddle from part two, making a comeback and mm-hmm. zapping him. Just give him mm-hmm. what for. And the lighting him on fire part's really fun. And the face. Squishing his squishing head. Squishing his head, tying him up with the thing. All these fun things are cool. My favorite part, and they do it two or three times, is when you see Jason hulking and primal and breathing heavy and tough and rotten and tough and zombie and brr. Look around like, oh my God. <laughs> There's yeah, real like, good, like, either confused mm. or just genuinely frightened Jason which you've never seen before and probably won't ever see again. That was cool. That was cool as hell. Yeah, was, oh, I can. I remember thinking through this entire fight, doesn't she see that there's a chain still around his neck? Like, can't she move the chain? To, I'm sure, yeah. You know, couldn't she manipulate the chain to choke him or to... She did like, it to what's her name? Or to, yeah, the she pearls, right? Pearls, yeah. She could have done that with Jason's chains around his neck and just like... Just twisted you know, it? Twisted it or, or pushed the, you know picked up the chains with her mind and threw them across the room and Jason goes with him. Instead, she wanted to break the mask and show his face. Mm. But that's the kind of like the inconsistencies that I'm thinking of, you know, 
that are really like I I have to tell myself just stop thinking about it just let it go just watch a movie yeah, like you like, didn't make it like why isn't she using the, the chain that's around his neck just pick up that chain and throw it across the room Jason goes with it but it's possible they didn't they didn't uh I think that just was <laughs> or choke him with it yeah it was or like one of those things where something and it, burn it it just looks cool and they probably never even thought of that sadly yeah I mean, you just watched a movie where Jason threw a potted plant with a severed <laughs> head in it at somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie had almost everything. <laughs> it was a near Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Including the the 20-year-old dead father who looks like he just rolled out of bed. Do you think we should talk about the ending, guys? I think yes, we please. What the hell? George is taking us down that road. Well, as you saw when you watched the deleted scenes, they shot it with him being like zombie dad coming out of the water. Okay, mm. still not better. And the but, test okay. audiences were like, wait, who the hell is that guy? Mm. Because mm-hmm. it didn't look like the dad anymore. So the producers were like, well, we're going to reshoot it and we're going to make him look just like pristinely like he was when he got dragged under or f- under the dock that collapsed earlier. And so they did. And then that was mm. that was what they went with. It's actually even more maniacal than that. They actually removed the shot from the shooting schedule. Didn't even converse with the director. <laughs> the producers came in and just took it off the schedule. They're like, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Because he had other plans because they had told him, you know, we're, uh, they didn't like what it looked like. So they just kind of just scrapped it. And then he had to go back in and reshoot the ending that we see. Because there was no, there was no climax. There was no, you know, final say in the dad. Like he had to do something, so he wound up doing that. But to me, I think they should have just sat down on the drawing board and said, "Okay, this is what we want to do. We want to get Jason back in the water. How do we do it without the resurrected dad?" Because to me, <laughs> yeah. it was just terrible. Yeah, what the dad looked like is beside the point. the The fact that the dad did it is even there. Yeah, is like that's a. That's a problem. Well, but you get into another thing where it's like it, you have this super powerful character who could just do it herself. But then it right. becomes a thing of like, well, if she's so powerful that she can, you know, throw him back under the lake and chain him down again, why didn't she do that earlier? Would we have a movie if she's overpowered? Like at some point, I don't know. It's a it's a cop-out ending for a cop-out movie. Well, how would you end that? How would you... Get him back in the lake. Well, here's exactly how Dan would fix it. I wouldn't because he wouldn't be invulnerable if I was the director. Or well, that's why you don't well, get to play. I, I think a lot of the a lot of the suits. This is why it's called Dan fixes it, George. It's not yeah, George. Yeah, the fixes suits it. have already decided. Now here's what you do. You've got your movie made. You're right at the end. And you're like, oh god, we got to end this thing. You throw the handsome guy in the boat, which they do in this. It's a good misdirect because you're like, oh, they're going to do the Tommy Jarvis ending. No, they're not. Here's what you do. Telekinetic Tina, double T, (laughs) pulls the body of her dad out of the lake and Freddy Krueger puppet shows that mug around Jason and uses her dad's dead body to hold him under the water. Dad is dead. Leave dad dead. That's the only way that you can explain him being involved in this at all. 
but then for that nice circularity, right? You you bring it all back home to poor dad under the dock. Use dad's reanimated with telekinesis corpse to pull and hold Jason underwater. Okay. That's how you fix it. I would fix it by having Tina magneto Jason's skeleton out of his body. <laughs> that would have been fucking just amazing pull to his see. his limbs off. No, just uh, it would have been kind of a, a, a callback to Nightmare on Elm Street in a way. There's stuff that happens where they, you know, they could have done a really cool thing where she destroys him with her power and then, like, has his bones buried somewhere. Like, in a vault. Like, totally concreted. So he's not coming back. Totally more believable than the dad coming out of the water. Definitely. And it would have looked cool. And it would have been a nice homage to uh, Ray Harryhausen. Nice little stop-motion skeleton being pulled out. Would have been cool. I don't know. There really isn't an yeah, easy way to fix it because it's so ludicrous that you did this in the first place. Right. I mean, I mean unless... You could them apart. Wh- what you could do, if you don't like my reanimated dad puppet idea, you could have him chase her all the way back to, like, the local high school... And then they could interrupt a senior... Pro- you know what? Forget it. That's a bad idea. We probably shouldn't. That's a bad idea. You know what I did love at the end, though? I know that the ending with the dad sucks, but I think everybody knows it sucks. Like, even the people making it are just like, you know what? We got to get this in the can, and then we'll do something better next time. Mm. I love the play on Where's Paul at the end, where she wakes up and she's like, Nick... Nick, right. you know, and you're like, oh God, here we go again. But then the EMT is just like, oh, he's fine. And then they put him in the ambulance <laughs> together and you're like, oh, everybody's fine. Like that was so fun. That was a good, aware way to end the movie. And it's not a final girl. It's now two. It's a final couple. They can go have final, <coughs> final babies. <couple>. Hey. <laughs> and one of them can catch the Jason mania and be the next Jason. The whole body jumping thing. Yeah. The mania. It's, I don't it's, think they'll ever do no, that. No, that's... George, calm down. That's, body that's jumping. Crazy, that's crazy that's talk. That's a different franchise, bro. Not body jumping. Not <laughs> body jumping. I'm talking about... It's a mania. I it's mean, a, the way you're describing it... Mental, <laughs> it's a mental... It's a mental problem. It's a the. It's like... I Tommy, hear you, brother. It's like Tommy's PTSD makes him kill. It's not really Jason. It's just the yeah. mania that infects you when somebody who already has the Jason mania goes on their That's Jason where they were spray. going, but the audience told them the not to. The audience sucks. Yes. When 5 ended and they were going that route, no more Jason, it's now a uh, ideology? Yes. Um, the fans said, uh, no, we want Jason. <laughs> so yeah. then they make resurrected Jason. Nah. Yeah, that's where it happened. You know, George. They, yeah. That's where the, that's where they were heading. No, yeah, that's where it happened. Yeah, that's exactly the point where I the would go back spoke. to and redo it. I know. So, George, if you were to go back and redo part five, would you leave part five the way it was, and then part six would be the like the reign of PTSD Tommy? Mm. So, like the Batman, be- the Batman Begins version, right? The the Jonathan Demi, Silence of the Lambs version is like suffering from a certain kind of traumatic stress that then like leads them down a road of violence. But like the eighties monster movie version would be like 
their flesh like the the Jason flesh body is gone but the spirit has moved to Tommy and his flesh body is going to be killing till it fails and then whoever kills him is going to is that what we're going for here in the George version of this I think George would have been more happy less happy with the Frankenstein Jason and more of a wolfman Jason where it's like a a mantle being passed He down. might need to watch the howling Exactly yeah. Oh, yes. We're watching the Howling, definitely. But yeah, it's like almost that burden mentality. You want it to be, because uh, they they touched on it twice. Because I know the ending of of part four, Tommy, young Tommy, baby Tommy, yeah, has when, that stare at the end. Yeah, when that he blank when stare. when Dan said, you know, at the end of part five, would you have like let that be? And I wouldn't have had that end of part five because my part five, Tommy Jason would have been Jason already. I right. see. So you because yeah. because to- young Tommy already had the predisposition to get infected by that the mantle. Jason yeah, mania, the man- yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So. But you're not talking about like some kind of a strange entity that would move from body to body. No, I'm no, I'm just okay. talking about your PTSD. Or y- you don't really ever explain it. It's just, you know, Jason keeps coming back, and we keep killing him, and he keeps coming back. If it's even Jason. It's, I mean... It's always these... Di- <laughs> yeah, it's always these different people. How right. do we get rid of the soul of Jason from this earth? You're thinking more like the Gotham TV show version of The Joker, where it's kind of like a mantle that is created by a situation, and people become... The Joker, based on their situation, they take that mantle, they pick it up, and they they live it. Yeah, the anti bat. Not that person. That so it's just the anti. What is that? The anti bat. Like the bat right. is the same thing. Batman may not always right. be Bruce Wayne because of the mantle, which they kind of touched on because Part Five is a copycat Jason. But again, through lack of character development, they didn't explain him enough for you to understand why he went through all that. To they put did a really in. cheap copycat yes. Jason, whereas if that was a Tommy Jason, right. that it would have been a much more meaningful Jason. I I agree. But I am such a fan of zombie Jason. <laughs> I do love zombie I Jason. Mean, I do think that your idea has merit, George, and I, I hope that someday we get to explore it. But for now, I think we need to stick with our theme of the night, which is part seven and eight of Friday the 13th. So... George, if you were in charge right now, it's part seven, it's out, it's making money, people dig it, where do you go from here? Uh, to New York, obviously. Is that where you <laughs> go? You go to New York? Wow. Yeah. You're pretty Man. good. <laughs> two for two, George. You're two for two. <laughs> it's like you watched it. <laughs> is that where? Is that where he goes? What? Somehow. Somehow he gets out of a lake and heads to New he York. He goes to Vancouver, yeah. guys. Beautiful mountains. <laughs> All right, so join us in part two of this exploration as we follow Jason from Crystal Lake to Vancouver, via Vancouver, via New York. It's a whole mess, but we love it, sort of. And he's slimy, so that's fun. This has been the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. And, of course, you can email us, remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We'll see you back here for the next edition in New York. (laughs) 